You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Morning, Bucknutters. Game day eve has arrived. It is Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Although this is no usual Friday visit, my friend. I can't <laughs> wait. Let's get down to brass tacks. Buckeyes fighting Irish tomorrow night. We're going to you know, give out our score predictions. We're going to do a piece for the site later today with all of our predictions from our staff. Not just the score, but more. But let's get down to brass tacks. What is your prediction for the final score tomorrow? Yep, I got an Ohio State 35. Notre Dame 21. I know the spread is 17 and a half, 17, depending on where you're looking. Um, I think a lot of people had an overreaction, uh, I say, towards in August once news broke in regards to Notre Dame's wide receiver core being banged up. I just look at this, Dave, as, as a situation where Notre Dame knows that they cannot get in a track meet with Ohio State. So the only way for them to try uh, to keep this game close or even try to pull the outright win is to try to use the Michigan and Oregon uh, playbook here. I don't think it's going to work, but Notre Dame, they do have a very talented offensive line. Uh, They have a talented running back. The wide receiver core is going to be one of their weakest link with a first-year quarterback. So how do you try to keep Ohio State offense off the field? They're going to try to actually run the football. And in this case, I think that's the only shot that Notre Dame is going to have is to try to get into the fourth quarter with this being a seven-point game or a one-possession game here, and the only way that they can do that is if they try to slow it down, play trestle ball, which Marcus Freeman uh, comes from that that tree with with, uh, Luke Fickle, is play solid defense, play special teams, run the football, and try to get out of there uh, with at least the game being somewhat respectable. My final score prediction is Ohio State 45, Notre Dame 26. (laughs) <laughs> Same score as the last time Notre Dame came here, 1995. 45-26 is my score. I was going to go with something like 42-20. to 20. I'm thinking I'll just go 45-26. Keep it simple like the last time. All right, let's get into this. Um, now, they're not going to release a two deep, but we'll know what the two deep is by just watching the game. I don't think there's going to be any surprises. I've had this question asked in the two deep. I think we pretty much know what it is. Um, do you anticipate any surprises in the two deep, JB? I don't. I think the too deep is going to be said. That's the beauty of this team. Is there a loaded roster? There's whole, there's not a whole lot of surprises, a whole not a not a lot of position battles going into camp. So you have to feel really good about the depth there. I, I'm pretty sure when it comes to the defensive line, Dave, you may see that and or or that they typically do when they're trying to list guys. So with Larry Johnson saying that he has uh, 12 defense alignment that he feels really good about. Obviously, you're only going to list eight of those guys. So I, I suspect when you're talking about the two deep, you can have an and or or next to a couple of players names. So you may get a, a depth chart if they actually release it with, you know, 12 defensive linemen in the two deep. All right. This is a big one here. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I, we're going to see some ors. I don't think there's going to be any surprises in the two deep. But uh, a lot of people have been asking about that. Um, OK, 
Young quarterback Tyler Buckner. We don't know a lot about him. He threw all of 35 passes last season. They were in mop-up duty. He was a true freshman last year. Young man from California. Four-star prospect. He had more rushing yards than passing yards last year. Not a lot of film on him. I even asked Jim Knowles. I'm like, did you have to go back and watch some high school film? He said, no, we didn't watch any high school film. But he said he's played some. Um, I don't know. This is a tough first start. I, I know I'm not breaking news there. But what are your thoughts on this young quarterback from what you've gathered? Yeah, from it sounds like it, he's a very mobile quarterback. Um, I know some of their beat reporters were in practice and said they worked heavily on a lot of read option and a lot of zone read plays. So expect them to utilize his legs in this game. You know, he was a highly recruited guy, but at the same time, you're only as good as their weapons surrounding you. They have some walk-ons that are in the two deep at the wide receiver position. Some guys that are banged up, nicked up, and not a lot of experience at that position. I expect him to rely heavily on his All-American tight end. So that's one of the key matchups when it comes to Ohio State defenses. How do they uh, try to slow down the mayor kid, the tight end for Notre Dame, who's outstanding? A lot of people believe that he could be the first tight end off the board come uh, the next NFL draft. So when it comes to Buckner, I would say bracket him. Try to try to uh, maintain your, your rush lanes. Try to keep contained because he's one of those type of guys that with not a lot of experience, if his first read, maybe his second read isn't open, with him being a mobile quarterback, he will pull the football down and run. Um, and so those type of quarterbacks can be a little bit tricky, especially when you're in a third and three, third and four situation. If he doesn't have his read, he can easily pull that football down and try to pick up the first down. So it's imperative that the defensive line and the linebackers front seven play discipline, stay in their lanes, and especially the defensive ends. Don't try to play hero ball, trying to make a sack on every single play. Just maintain your leverage and keep that that outside arm free so that you can try to force him just in case he does try to uh, escape the pocket. Okay, I'm going to get into this. Obviously, the defense is under the microscope the most has been throughout the offseason, bringing Jim Dolzen. They need someone to step up as a star on this defense, particularly the defensive line. They need an, just an absolute monster to step up or two. Can Jack Sawyer be that guy, JB? Can JT Tuimolo Al be that guy? This year, both of them, and we saw – Joey Bosa is a sophomore, step up as a superstar. We've seen it time and time again. Chase Young, it was his third year before he was a superstar. Man, if one of those guys can step up as a superstar this year, that would be huge for this defense. I know that's uh, also not breaking news. Do you think they can do it this year, though? I do. I do think they can do it. And if you look back at the past Ohio State defenses, the ones that were elite and were special, they had that alpha dog up front that everybody was keying on. So whenever you have that alpha dog up front that the offense has to pay attention to where they start sliding protections that way to try to slow it down, now you're starting to have some of those other guys win those one-on-one matchups. So I think it's very important for them to establish that guy who's going to be someone that that attracts the offense attention on the defensive line. The issue that we had previously over the last two years we didn't really have that alpha dog to step up and wreck have it in the front. We struggled getting after the quarterback. And so what they had to do is they had to try to manufacture pressure with blitz, bringing the linebackers and stuff. But at the end of the day, if the defense is going to be special, like we all think it's going to be, it's going to take someone like a JT, like a Sawyer, can, can, and I hate to say this, can Zach Harrison put it all together and be that dominant force 
that's a major question mark. I know I'm in the in the mode of see it to believe it when it comes to Zach, but I think it's imperative that they do have uh, at least one of those defensive linemen step up. And if the way that the linebackers are playing at a high level, can we get some solid linebacker play? We don't need someone to be A.J. Hawk or James Laurinaitis when it comes to the linebackers, but at least be disciplined and at least know how to get your boys lined up and play with a bad attitude. I want to see some linebackers come downhill and smack somebody. That's something that we've been missing from this defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tyleek Williams is another one. I hope he steps up. I know we're putting a lot on sophomores, but hey. That's been the, the, the way it's been at Ohio State, 1968 before our time, the Super Softs. 2014, Super Softs Part 2. So yeah. Now, 2002 was not built on sophomores, but they still had a lot of good sophomores on that team, um, like Chris Gamble and many others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in college football, you're not, you're not young anymore as a sophomore. I mean, right. most of these kids are going to be three years and done. I mean, they're you know halfway through this season, going to be halfway through their college career. All right, let's get into this. Um, Switching gears, huge recruiting weekend for Ohio State. It's basically this one's the biggest. Michigan's going to be big, and the other big one's going to be Wisconsin, but it won't be as big as this, and it won't be as big as Michigan. This might be the biggest of the entire year. What are you kind of keeping your eye on the most this weekend? 60-plus recruits are going to be at this game. It's a hot ticket, so this is an opportunity for Ohio State to really set the bar high. A lot of these kids are going to be all, going to games all across the country but there's not going to be many atmospheres that will rival what they're going to see at Ohio State. So I look at this as a golden opportunity for Ohio State. As Ryan Day said, give these kids the opportunity to visualize them being part of this, this program and playing on a big stage like this. Uh, with that being said, when you have that many kids on campus, luckily a lot of them, uh, I don't think any of them besides maybe Damon Wilson are official visits. I think or maybe Keeley's official visit Two two guys out of 60 are like official visits. The rest of them are just going to be um, unofficial visits where guys are taken in the game. So I, I like this as an opportunity for Ohio State to really set the tone with Mateo um, as they supposedly lead the five star defensive end out of California. Uh, Damon Wilson, who's the five star defensive end coming out of Florida, who's going to be visiting. And then obviously you have Keon Keeley, who they're high after. A lot of people think that Ohio State may have slid uh, slightly backwards behind Florida. He has a Florida visit coming up next week. So it's an Alabama, Florida, Ohio State visit there. Hopefully they can knock it out of the ballpark. But the main thing is you get your five-star Chaminade, uh, Julian uh, players, and uh, JoJo Trader uh, coming up here. So he's he's a potential that's that's going to be uh, a Buckeye if all things go well. So I like what you're, what you're, what they're doing as far as getting the recruits in here. And this is what they're banking on, Dave. A lot of schools during the summer had a huge barbecue blowout to where they had a lot of kids show up to the barbecue. And as you saw some of the results, some people had uh, good success doing that. I mean, you look at Ty Lockwood who went to Alabama's barbecue, ended up flipping from that. Ohio State didn't have their barbecue, so what they wanted to do is save those kids money and have them all come in for this Notre Dame game. So whenever you have that that this type of atmosphere, it's imperative that Ohio State shows up. But most importantly, the fans need to show up. They need to be able to walk into that stadium with the hair standing up on their arms, Dave. It needs to be an electric environment to where it's deafening in there and show why Ohio State is one of the premier places to play. Oh, it's going to be raucous for sure. We know sometimes Ohio State can have a little bit of a wine and cheese crowd for like a noon game against non-marquee opponents. 
not tomorrow night. It, you're not gonna be able to hear yourself think. It's gonna be great. I cannot wait. Um, you never. I mean, you do know what you're gonna get when you go to the horseshoe. Like I said, tomorrow's gonna be crazy. Some days, you know, some weeks it's kind of a wine and cheese crowd. You got to be real about it. Um, yeah. But tomorrow night's gonna be absolutely lit. I cannot wait. All right. One of my bold predictions is Mayan Williams is gonna have double digit touchdowns this year. People might say what? Go back and look last year. He's now the clearly the number two running back. Clearly, I mean, they're really only gonna have like two guys on the varsity, so to speak. They're not – Evan Pryor was going to play. Uh, they were going to carve out a role. Usually the number three back's not going to play much in big games uh, with the game on the line. But they're going to carve out a role for uh, Evan Pryor. With him being out, I don't think Dallin Hayden's going to take over that role. I think we're just going to see more of maybe of Mayan Williams than we were going to see. Last year, Master Teague, I think, got more touches than people realize as the number two. Yeah. Mayan was the number three. Now there's no number three back, really, that's going to play during crunch time like mine did here and there. Um, there's no master Teague and I think they're going to be a better short yardage running team. Now, listen, I'm huge on Travion Henderson. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking the ball out of his hands. I just mean, you know, the number two back is going to be a lot better this year than it was last year, in my opinion. And you're not going to be giving carries to the number three back. And I think this team's going to be better at short yardage and goal line added up. I think Mayan Williams can get to 10 touchdowns. In fact, I'm predicting that he will. What do you expect? Yeah. And that was your bold prediction. And mine's is kind of on the lines of that where, You'll, you guys, if you guys head over to Bucknuts today, you'll see a lot of the staff prediction, bold prediction when it comes to the um, team. And one of mine was this rushing attack will be a top 20 rushing attack. So you parlay that into what yours, what you think Mayan Williams is going to be. And I agree. I think Mayan is poised to have a big year. And if you listen to Ryan Day and Tony Alford talk about him, they they absolutely gush about Mayan Williams. And I think this is a situation to where Henderson's going to get his but I really want to see Ohio State utilize this as a two-headed monster and let both of those guys, you know, knock on the door of being a thousand-yard rushers. I, I truly believe Henderson can push for that fifteen hundred mark. If you can get Mayan knocking on that thousand-yard rushing um, year, I truly believe this will be a top twenty, top ten type of rushing offense. And the reason why I, I said that is listening to those guys all through camp. They made a big emphasis saying we want to get back to being a power run game. We need to be able to establish the, the line of scrimmage. Paris Johnson also talked about it in his uh, when he was talking to the media was it's important to them. And they're taking pride in being able to run the football. I like the way Mayan Williams run. Everybody knows that I'm a huge meatball fan, even though he doesn't go uh, <laughs> as that name anymore. He likes to be called pork chop. But in my mind, I just see the meatball rolling down the field there, trucking people and making people miss at the line of scrimmage. But I, I truly believe that Mayan is poised for a huge year, Dave. And I agree with you. Double digit touchdown. I could definitely see that. Uh, and that that's considering if Travion Henderson stays healthy, if, God forbid something happens where Henderson gets nicked up and Mayans now your lead back. Now you can really see those numbers skyrocket. So we have a, a question here from uh, YouTube. Alex, any thoughts on the team saying they're faster on this new turf? That has to be the last thing Notre Dame wants to hear, he says. Um, should say, uh, shouldn't assume that it's a, a he. Alex can be a, a, a woman's name too. Alex Morgan for the U.S. national team, one of the stars of that team. Um, he or she saying, um, you know, this is not what Notre Dame wants to hear, that Ohio State feels faster. I also took away from what they were saying about that as, you know, they were saying they were slipping on the field last year. You know, that's – that's that we don't know. I mean, that could be why Josh Proctor got hurt while we saw some injuries last year. I just like that they finally – have redone the turf, and I do like hearing that Ohio State's players feel like they're faster. And yeah, that's probably not what Notre Dame wants to hear. 
But that, that field last year was an absolute mess. Uh, you were basically out there on the skating rink. Guys were slipping and falling all over the field. And to be honest, it was embarrassing to be able to see that field. Like you look at the Alabamas, you look at the Georgias, you look at uh, Clemson, some of the other premier programs. They have absolutely beautiful fields. You know, even though they're in the south, you can, uh, you know, you can grow that golf course type of grass out there. It looks like it's a putting green on Alabama's field. But for Ohio State to have a pink end zone where the, the paint's fading, guys slipping, ACLs being torn, I'm excited to see that these guys are going to be able to actually plant that foot, put the foot in the ground, and explode. Whereas there was a lot of times where you put that foot in the ground and it looked like a sniper got the back of somebody's ankle where they just <laughs> completely just get tripped up by the field monster. That's what we used to call it whenever uh, you just absolutely fall on your face without anybody touching you. The field monster came up and grabbed your leg. But you saw that a lot with that old field. So hopefully uh, this new field will limit the amount of ligament soft, uh, ligament injuries and soft tissue injuries. But like like some of the listeners said here, you know, this field here could potentially make Ohio State a little bit faster. That's why Ohio State also like playing in Indy as well, Dave, because they consider that a fast track uh, with that one consistently being redone, being in the NFL. All right, before you run and take your, your kid to school, I need to ask you about your thoughts on last night's games. Backyard brawl, Pitt and uh, West Virginia, but more importantly, Purdue and uh, Penn State. Penn State coming back to, to get that win. Poorly coached game there by Jeff Brom. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on those games last night real quick. Great games, great games. And it, and it feels like life is back to normal. All is well in the world with football being back on. That backyard brawl was an absolute uh, battle to the very end there. Some of the people who are sports gamblers who had pit minus seven and a half there, that's why sometimes it might be wise to buy that hook down if you can get it at a reasonable price. Uh, and I would say West Virginia, JT Daniels coming over there from Georgia just kind of looks so-so. Uh, Pitt and Pat Narduzzi, those guys, they've been running a, uh, they've been running their mouth a lot, talking a lot of smack. So they got that win there. I was actually kind of hoping West Virginia won just so that Desmond Howard's playoff pick would be knocked out in week one of the season. And then when it comes to the Penn State and the Purdue game, that was an excellent game. I, I truly believe that Sean Clifford is holding Penn State back. If they can get the true freshman in there, I would say live and die with him because his upside is way higher than what you're going to get out of Sean Clifford for a guy that's been there for 22 years as a starting quarterback. He still <laughs> makes a lot of rookie mistakes and uh, Jeff Brom there, he had the game. I mean, you look at it, it's six minutes to go in the game and he threw the ball 14 times to one. So he didn't take any time off the clock. And that to me was a coaching malpractice, not being able to get uh, some time, you know, burned off the clock. And that right there, tells you how important the run game is, Dave. I know a lot of people say that they weren't able to run it, but with that being said, you can be an explosive offense all that you want to, but when the game is on the line and you need to burn some time, you need to be able to convert a couple first downs from the run game, and Purdue wasn't able to do that, and we saw you know, what happened there. It gave the ball back to Penn State with plenty of time left, and pretty much they dinked and dunked it and screen pass and, and Will Rouse down the field. And I will say this, a lot of people was like, ha, told you about Sean Clifford. Don't doubt the guy. That was all Mike Yersich. Mike Yersich caught a heck of a series there in that last, that last drive. And especially the fourth quarter to where he knew what Sean Clifford could and couldn't do. Clifford wasn't pushing the ball down the field, 15, 20 yards. They set up 
a system to where he schemed guys open for Sean Clifford to where all you have to do, son, is just complete swing passes, dump offs. And if you can do that, we can get the ball down there in striking distance. And that's what happened. Great stuff out of Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Programming note, for those who don't know, I'm doing a live podcast after every Ohio State football game this year. So after the Notre Dame game tomorrow night, join me. What we learned live, we'll be going for over an hour. Um, you know, It'll be late in the night, but join me for what we learned live. Obviously, if you can't join me live, we'll have it on the site and on YouTube uh, for you for the next morning. Thanks again to Jonah Booker. Thanks to all of you. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. <laughs>